1: Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Running Rugby Podcast. Archie, Liam and Toby here again with us to go over all the results from the last weekend of our July internationals. And we start, of course, with the Pacific Nations Cup that wrapped up in Fiji again. Australia A getting another strong win over a, a Tonga team that was getting better each week, but still failed to, to get a W on this weekend. 39-22, Australia A looking potent with Dalgunu getting over twice and strong showings from Lonigan and um, Lange Gleeson in number eight there as a breakout star. Fiji then looked to take um, the win over Samoa early, but from Samoa really strong. Five back coming down, back from 17-3 to claim the win there and claim victory in the Pacific Nations Cup there. Um, other games we had around the world, um, we had USA going down to Chile. 31-29 and Chile securing a spot in next year's World Cup as well as Namibia taking down Kenya at 36 to nil, and also securing a spot in the World Cup there but let's go to the games that we really want to hear about starting with the biggest shock first and the All Blacks have lost a home series for the first time this century yes I believe it's been over 20 years since the All Blacks lost a home series and they went down To a dominant Ireland performance down in Wellington, 32-22. Absolutely amazing defence showed by the fast-starting Irish that's put on three tries in the first half and absolutely shocked the All Blacks who couldn't manage more than a penning wooly goal there. Um, Australia then against England came out strong early, scored a brilliant try down the right wing um, under Tom Wright there um, and then started falling off and a few decisions back and forth that it's maybe a bit questionable, but the English you got to hand it to them. Um, Eddie Jones was fired up in this one and he got his boys a win at Sydney cricket ground. There, 21, 17. They take it by four in the end. It looked like the Northern hemisphere was going to have the run of these series, but South Africa back to their number one team, pretty dominant over Wales all over this, in this game, 30 to 14, absolutely taking it. And Scotland, I don't know how they managed to lose this. They were all over Argentina for the majority of this game and it took a try all the way in the 80th, 80th minute to Emiliano Boffelli in the left corner for the Argentines to take the win very late, 34-31. to 31. They managed to scrape old and take this series as well. Toby, Leo, reactions. First off, All Blacks reactions. There's been a lot of speculation. Foster's probably got to go after this. What are your thoughts?
0: Yeah, look, I didn't see this one coming. I really did think the All Blacks would bounce back. I know that Ireland looked really good in that second game. Um, but I just thought, you know, in general general kind of Kiwi style, the All Blacks tend to bounce back pretty strongly and they didn't do enough in this game. I think Foster, If I was if I was the NZRU... I think I'd be getting rid of Foster now, Um, giving probably Scotty Robertson the opportunity to come in ahead of the rugby championship and make an impact because I think there's going to be a couple of of tough games against the box coming up for New Zealand. Um, If they falter in one of those or both of those, then I think they'll be forced to make the call anyway. Um, And I think for the benefit of next year's World Cup, having Scott Robertson there, I think is a much better option. I think Ian Foster is a dead man walking. It may not happen before the rugby championship, but I think in my opinion, it should.
1: Seems like there has been a lot of push for that to happen earlier rather than later. Is there any parts of what this team is doing that you think was uh, contributing to um, the way they played and, and losing this series? Was it selection problem? Was it a tactical problem? Probably a combination
0: of both, I'd say.
2: Yeah, there's probably a couple of different selections you could make. Like obviously the ten selection, the centers. Um, but beyond that, a lot of these guys like their front row isn't isn't really clear. Um, you know, there's the odd decision, like putting Scott Barrett at six or not. Whether that's um, a good use of that position, I, I don't know if that sort of makes the different kind of stuff. It's it's it is almost the um, the mentality. Like they, it's it's a different if it's a different it seems like a different kind of fight back when they're under pressure, they just don't look quite as cool and calm, slightly more frantic. Um, you know, the systems have always been so strong for the all blacks. They really do just, um, shed any sort of emotion and and just follow through with their, their structures and, and they seem to get results, but they kind of fractured a little bit. Their tactical, um, kicking wasn't so good. Island out kicked them in this game. Um, Ireland did a lot of defending, and that really frustrated them, and they mm. they just just really couldn't penetrate that Irish defence that easily. So, um, I guess the willingness was just with the Irish, and and maybe that's something that people are seeing, particularly when when people talk about dropping the coach. Um, the thing that people see in Scott Robinson is just the almost the purest form of that that structure and system and mentality and and mental strength. The Crusaders have just been weaponized tacticians for so long. Um, you, you just kind of feel like he could bring that in. I guess that's maybe that, that ruthless edge that, that they seem to have lacked a little bit in this last couple of weeks.
0: And just building that cohesion as well. I think this team at the moment, the All Blacks is playing a bit more like a team of individuals and there's so much talent in there. Um, I think part of it is picking, you know, the right guys in the right position. Someone like Will Jordan, I think, should be starting at fullback based on form. There's no question Mm. about that. Um, So I think there's some, yeah, luckily I mentioned a few key positions there where there's been some bad selections. But I think just generally overall, their cohesion, you know, their ability to convert opportunities hasn't been what, you know, to the standard it has been in the past. I think Scott Robinson would change that. I mean, generally when you bring in a new coach, you get a a bit of a new coach bounce anyway because players are really looking to impress and show their wares um, so they get selected going forward. But I just think it's been a terrible couple of years really under Foster. I don't think he's really impressed in any capacity um, and he doesn't particularly front the media very well either, which is maybe part of the problem. Yeah, it definitely seemed that they, they didn't quite have the go-forward
1: and the penetration that they've enjoyed in past years. And I don't know whether that is a cohesion in the forward pack, um, whether because it seems like Artie Sevilla is still just the only person that's guaranteed to actually break the line or bend the advantage line in their forward pack at the moment. You had Akira's try, um, which was good in this, but other than that, you didn't really see many of their forwards really make the advantage line under an um, aggressive, swarming Irish defence. Speaking of the Irish, though, is this what we saw in 2018? Is this a Irish team that's peaking one year too too early? I don't
2: know if you can say they're peaking. They're, like, they're certainly, the trajectory is up. Um, they've got a couple of older guys there, and particularly um, Sexton and um, helping Armani out. Well. Armani. Armani. Yeah. yeah. Like, th- those guys who, uh, I guess, if if they physically start to start to drop off with another year of age does that hurt them? Um, but look the, the the rest of the guys around the park like they just they had such vigor and, and energy throughout both these two wins um, to, to defend out the all blacks and and maintain that optimism um, I, I don't I don't think they've peaked I mean history will say whether they've peaked or not but it feels like they're on a run and, and doesn't doesn't seem like there's too many chinks in their armor at the moment.
0: Hmm. yeah i think sexton is probably the biggest worry um and you saw him go off i think late in this game with an injury yeah or just generally banged up at 37 i think he can make it through to the world cup obviously but after that i'd say all bets are off and although joey carberry's a good player i don't think he controls that team as well um and
1: I mean, he's never had a huge amount of opportunity, but he's never really seemed to seize hold away from Sexton. Like,
0: he's he's very solid for Bunster, and he has been for a number of years. Um, But yeah, he just doesn't quite command the team as Sexton does. Mm -hmm. And yeah, look, I think they do have a good, say, twelve to eighteen months in them for sure. It's just, you know, maintaining this level of play is difficult. They obviously wanted it more than the All Blacks. I mean, going to New Zealand, you know that there's going to be so much motivation there. And because of their history against the the All Blacks in the last, say, five years, they know they can beat them. Um, right. You know, it's, it's just whether are they to the standard of teams like France or the Springboks over a longer period? Um, I'm not sure. They'll have to prove that.
2: Yeah. And the number one in the world now, um, but what's their test lineup. So their, their test schedule look like from here, like they'll, they'll see some, um, what they call autumn internationals. When we, we travel over in spring on the tour, um, then they'll be in six nations and then it'll be sort of run up to world, world cup. World stuff, cup, right? yeah, yeah. So, so they've got a lot of time to breathe now, um, enjoy their success, um, you know, they can analyze whatever they want from the games they've seen in these other fixtures, and and come in with you know a lot of a lot of positivity and a lot of confidence. They're not going to see France until the Six Nations. They're only going to see them once. So even if they lose to France, and and they have a pretty decent run at home, in all other areas, like that's still a pretty a pretty good run up for them. Um, I don't think it's I don't think that there's too many things aside from just just a rank set of losses against touring teams and then a you know a poor finish in the Six Nations. That'd be about the most dramatic thing that would need to happen to say this team's gone completely off. And they, they seem to be in the right spot to avoid most of that. it be interesting to know if they've got the home game against France this year.
1: I can probably find, find that for you because this year they played France in Paris, so they should have the home game in Dublin next year versus them.
2: Pretty happy about that.
1: Yeah, which will be a good good change for them in Aviva. Okay, and Wallabies.
0: They... Yes, they do second round, eleventh of February, so it's a big game.
1: Mm-hmm. Will be will be a very big one, especially if they may maintain that sort of one and two rankings in the world. Um, obviously, as we said, All Blacks dropping to fourth as lowest ranking ever um, for these ABs under uh, Foster Forum. Um, okay, going to Australia, England, some really good signs early on and then sort of a bit of a loss of momentum and England got very much into this game. Absolute stellar effort from the likes of Courtney Laws, um, inspiring his team and especially his forward pack in this. Um, a few bad sort of mistakes um, from this Wallabies team, um, interesting selections Still not sure about that Hodge at 15 um, selection for us as well. Whether he oh, you, produced more, you've got to be sure now. He, well, I'm not sure it was ever the right decision before this game, and that's sort of confirmed it, didn't it? Um, yeah, Tom that. Wright continues to play remarkably well. I thought he should have been given the 15 jersey, I guess, there as well. Um, and then that Marcus Smith sort of overthrow from the line out, him take and run 50 meters of score really put a nail in the coffin. Um, It did feel like we were coming back. I felt, I really felt like we were swinging the tide here, but we just can't rely on these sort of second-half comebacks. We seem to keep having to do this to try and get into games and get competitive. Um, It's rare now that we seem, like the All Blacks, we don't seem to be able to start quick, start strong and really put our opposition under pressure. Certainly not
2: against stronger opposition. We haven't had like a blockbuster 20 minutes, uh, first 20 in a long time, and that was that was the aim in this game was to come out first 20 and really assert dominance, um, you know, put points on and put pressure on. And they held us out. They got the first points. We didn't score a try till into the 24th or 5th minute or something. Yeah. And we had opportunities before that. So I was sort of keeping a mental note of things that Hodge did that were blunders. And I think one of the first things he did was threw a pass over the sideline that should have landed in Tom Wright's hands with a, with a good chance down the wing. Just this, what it's what happened. Part of the reason four,
0: he can't be a ten as well, like it was, just doesn't. He doesn't have a quality pass both sides of his body.
2: Yeah, and this was a left to right. Um, it's just it's just that that's the kind of um, issues you get when you're dropping to your third fourth string in a position. Most countries don't have the depth to to bring through a person that late that that deep who's going to hit all those passes and it only needs to be the one pass that was the opportunity you would created. Um, similarly, the, the other blunder early on was actually um, might not have been that early on, might have been early second half. We, I think we built 12 phases over nearly a minute and a half. And then Harry Wilson just goes for the the loose clean out of a guy who's not really in the ruck. And we we're in there 22 and then we're penalized from just a sort of poor discipline, just imprecise, Bit of effort around the ruck there, just completely scuttled another opportunity where we were really pressing them back. I think we had, um, you know, a good stretch out the left mm. as well. So pretty, pretty disappointing when when we change change up from those guys being injured, or or make a change for the sake of change, perhaps away from Leota, um, and and those issues come through and they they take seven points off you.
0: And similarly, I think you know Taniela getting through that hole and then throwing the ball at like. Nick Frost's ankles. I mean, yeah. the guy is the tallest cause... guy on the team, and you need to give him a pass that so he can actually catch. And to Nick Frost's credit, his general game um, for a debut run on was was pretty outstanding. Mm. Um, he was one of the the better players on the park, but yeah, Arch Harry Wilson. What can you say? That he just seems to falter a little bit at this level and it's a bit harsh bringing him third game and that's the only game tommy got yeah exactly by, not even off the bench expecting miracles but he's just he's giving people that doubt him at this level a bit more um fuel to the fire um i think he needs a constant run of games i'm not sure leota's the answer either in that back row but um yeah injuries I mean, have definitely affected us yeah i mean that that clean out beyond the
1: rock that you're talking about leo it seems to be Something that they seem to the refs seem to be targeting right across the internationals um, over these last couple of weeks, and I still I still find that a few of them they're not they contact at the ruck and they sort of take the man to ground and he sort of falls backwards and sort of throws up his arms because he's falls he's two meters tall so then he falls backwards he's two meters away and they sort of give the penalty so a fair few of them I felt were a little bit soft penalties but it's what they're calling you need to be able to be aware of that and not. Continue through that sort of clean out um,
2: There's been a couple of Variants though, there's like there's Clearing, like basically interfering With a player who's not part of the ruck And so you take away his opportunity To become part of a ruck, and then there's also The clearing players beyond the ruck So once you drive through And then you just keep going, keep going, and it's unnecessary And you've pushed him mm. yeah, a couple metres back This one was clearly, he sort of came From a slight side entry and just Grabbed a guy who wasn't actually Involved, engaged in the ruck yet so he wasn't meeting that player over the ball, making up a ruck. So it's, it's an error like that. And yes, they've been a bit tighter on it. And also because it's a little bit, um, it can be a bit uh, difficult to judge depending on where the ref is um, in certain circumstances that they miss some as well. But given, given the momentum, all he really had to do was, was sort of secure the ball over the ruck. Uh, they were already going backwards and it's just, you know, decisions, it's just the little percentages that you got to, you got to get right to add up to, to keep that pressure on. And it was just a pressure relief for them in that second half. Yeah.
1: I think let's not um, forget what Harry Wilson did uh, was it two years ago now um, with his sort of restraint and sort of great timing in terms of putting all that pressure on Mawanga in that game um, over in Wellington where he just put hit after hit, um, timed it perfectly that he wasn't ever late on it, but every time making sure there was known there and ended up Um, putting him under a lot of pressure in a game that we ended up drawing um, and only because of a Hodge sort of kick on full-time that we lost that game over in Wellington. Um, So it is a guy that has had glimpses, but I agree. It's very hard to um, bring him in and expect a lot from him, but it does just add to this sort of CV that that he hasn't stood up on these sort of limited opportunities, unfortunately. When someone like Pete Samu gets... These twenty minute stints at the end of games and just looked yeah, so cameos. good, so electric, and you just like, well, like who who, am I, who do I want on the field?
2: And and Toby mentioned Taniella's pass, but Taniella as a whole, very little impact for the fifty odd minutes he was on. Um, not not what you expect from from yeah. him. Like usually he's a standout. He will make a couple of breaks. Didn't really happen in this game either. So a so few players sort of not at not at their best. And some of, the, some of the fill-ins like Hodge, I think, just blundered between the, the pass I mentioned before and kicking out on the full. And yes, it's CSCG and it's hard to see the silence. He thought he knew where he was kicking in that one. He was confused that the ball had been brought back in. And that's just he, he poor communication and, you know, not being aware enough I mean, of where you are on the field. Like players who get that wrong turn around and look all, oh, no, I've what? No, no, what? And you're like, mate. Nah, I, mean, I have
1: a bit of sympathy for him there because normally the ref is very um, explicit with that. It's like, you're in, you're in, or that's outside, that's outside. And it was a rock ride right on the line. And he didn't, and he didn't do that for him.
2: It, you've got to be better. It, it, it's it's your job when you're doing those clearing kicks to understand the circumstance, the context of the game. And that error was another turning point where we just lost a lot of momentum. It should have been a, a straightforward sort of clear territory and and chase, and it ended up being a line-out for the England inside our 22. I think they ended up at least getting a penalty off, if not scoring off. Um, So it's just you can't afford to make those kinds of errors. Um, They're they're the avoidables. They're the unforced. You just can't can't accept accept that need people to be better.
0: Just looking at the stats quickly, which I hadn't actually done up until this point, we're actually... The stats are in our favour for the most part. Really, the only thing that stands out um, are turnovers conceded to the Wallabies, uh, 13 to 8. So we were turning over the ball more. They won eight of those turnovers. Um, apart from that, you know, we're leading in run metres, defenders beaten 30 to 18, um, you know, we didn't have to make that many tackles. We had 107 yeah. rucks, one to 41. We didn't lose one line out or a scrum. I thought Dave Perecki's throwing was outstanding. And I think he's someone that, you know, he's a security the,
1: spot for the rugby championship with this. He's, he's very, very
0: solid. And maybe he's not the best. Like he's good around the park too. He's not the most impactful player with the ball, mm. but again, he doesn't make too many mistakes. He's consistent, makes his tackles, and yeah, I thought he was throwing was great. So that's a real positive, and that's something that generally against England, particularly at scrum time and in the lineout, we do have our issues with. So from that perspective, um, in the fours, I was really good. Um, penalties conceded ten to eleven to England, so we actually conceded less penalties. Looking at the stats, I would have thought we would win this game, um, you know, say nine times out of ten, actually. But we just didn't make it. Was enough that, it was those first 20 minutes, as you
1: said, like, Leah, like we were all over them and we made a few breaks and we just couldn't put the points on the board. And it was few things like, yeah, like Taniella's pass, like Hodge's pass. And you're like, oh, my God, we are right there. And then you just keep England in this game.
2: Yeah, it's, it's like all those stats tell you that, 80, 90% of the time we were doing things right. And that's that's where I was seeing the issues at the 10th, 11th, 12th phase. You've done all that work and then it's just one little either unforced error or um, just, just a bit of ill discipline just, you know, ruins the opportunity. Like that mm-hmm. should have just been phase after phase, building pressure, moving down the field, stressing their line, making breaks. It only takes that one error. So it's really positive that we are, holding the boys to harp on about seven plus phases a lot. Um, and I think we're starting to really embrace that. Like we really want to hold the ball and, and not just try and go really expansive edge to edge, every phase, try and score and break out on the first, second, third phase. We're actually building pressure and stressing their line and dragging their, their structure around looking f- to create openings and then exploit them. Um, but it's just that finishing. And so you, you build a really good stat book by doing that for ages but then spilling your lollies at the death means that there's one unforced error, but all these other good things you did to get there. That's why we've got 209 passes to 65 mm. for the game, according to where I'm looking. Like that's a massive amount of passes. It yeah. shows a lot of good ball control, shows a lot of phases, not a I lot of points.
0: I don't think we're too far away actually from being a, a pretty damn good team. Um, frustrating that we didn't get the the win of the, you know, the series against England. It was, it was big from a general public perspective as well, just the image that people have of the Wallabies in their mind changes because we went down 2-1. Unless we can make a really big statement in the rugby championship, again, rugby isn't to the forefront of people's minds because we're not as successful as we should be. And Dave Rennie's winning percentage has dropped to 39%, which is, you know, far from acceptable really um, but I think taking a long-term view, he's the guy that we should be going with. It's disappointing hearing that, you know, potentially Rugby Australia has approached oh, Eddie yes. Jones yeah, and had some conversations is. with him, whether there's any truth to that or not. And maybe that happened a couple of years ago rather than at the moment. But, um, you know, Eddie Jones was close to losing his position with England and, you know, through these results, he's now solidified that probably for to at least the World Cup World next Cup. year. But I think Rennie is a great coach. I think the support stuff around him amazing. Some great assistance there with Matt Taylor and Scott Wisemantle. I think we're in a good position to, to get some good results for the rest of the year, but we do need to, to play a little bit more consistently, take opportunities. And hopefully with these guys coming back from injury, I know a few of them aren't. For example, Tom Banks, Caden Neville, um, Isaiah Parisi. you know, there's a few that won't be around for the for the next. Six months or so, but I think we've got enough there to to give the 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 box and you know the All Blacks a good run.
1: If there was one player on that English team that you wish you could have on the Wallabies team, who would it be? Who would be the one player you'd want to pull on the gold jersey instead to to solidify this Wallabies team? The fullback, Freddie Stewart. I don't know That's his name, but I don't.
2: I didn't realize the guy was 6'5. He's so big, he's
1: so good under the high ball. Yeah. And he's a good running attacking player. Like he's not a playmaker, but he's just so solid at the back. Yeah. That was my that's 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 all we need. We just
2: need that one anchor at the back, which is why I like Kelloway, which is why I mean Tom Wright's a little bit maverick, if if we had him, but I still trust him. Hodges just Hodge is not a he's not a game breaker. He's never going to win slow. you the game from that position. You need someone with a bit of X factor, with a bit of creativity, who's willing to roll the dice a bit. Hodges just vanilla and he screws it up. Like so awkward. Yeah. So so that's that's the missing piece for me. We've got great wingers. The centers hold their own. They're not they're not a sieve. They're, they're doing a pretty good job. That love to see, um, Paisami put his shoulder through Owen Farrell a couple more times, but so be it. And, and actually, on reflection, Noah, for this series, I I don't think he was – he wasn't bad, obviously. We'd, no one's going to say he was bad. But was he great? Like, or was he even good? Like, he was kind of just – he did the job.
0: I think in the first game he was very good. Yeah. And,
2: and actually, no, that's fair. And, and look, expectations would have been low though, right? But he did, he did do a bit more to open up the attack and really create I, yeah. opportunities. I think he just – he moved the ball around um, – pretty pretty, um, competently in these next two games, but I don't know if he really helped create that
1: much. I mean, I said before this series that I wasn't sold on Noah as a Wallaby, and I thought that some of these other sort of young guys coming through could easily over- end up overtaking him. Like, I still sort of have this feeling like Ben Donaldson might be like more yeah. of a solid sort of um, play to sort of bring through and really give a chance here. But to be honest, I was impressed with him overall. And I think it's very hard um, to downplay his performances in these final two games when England was so dominant sort of in the tight stuff and in the forwards as well. We didn't seem to get that much go forward um, from our forwards and quick ball off the rucks a lot of the time, um, which he really seemed to flourish in in the, that first game. Um, but I think would would it would you keep him on for the rugby championship if quade is back and um healthy and O'Connor's got another um another couple of weeks of training under his
0: belt? I feel like he can't really I think I think you see quade come back in
1: really
2: yeah I kind of think that too. Just to yeah, because from I think a control he can perspective.
0: okay well I think uh-huh. just to drive the team around with a bit more intent, I think sometimes noah can get like he's trying to be creative he's going a bit lateral and like, you know, I feel like Quaid is a bit more structured, even though that sounds weird to say. But I think that Quaid kind of is a bit more direct sometimes yeah. in the way he plays. Um, and he's just got that Quaid experience. Noah's twenty-two what, years what old. He's
1: going to do when he gets the ball. Quaid already knows yeah. exactly what he's going to do. Whereas maybe Noah gets the ball, and sometimes you think he's got Noah's like three going things great. he's
0: in, right now. in his mid twenties. I think he's going to be great. He's still very young. Um, so yeah, that would be my opinion.
2: Yeah, and I agree, I th- and I think it unloads um, Karevi a bit. Like, see how much extra work Karevi picked up over this series.
0: I'm Not sure. Sixtieth at-
2: minute in this game, Karevi looked tired.
0: Is, he looked is, like he was
2: worn out. Is
0: Karevi leaving the squad to go play to sevens? The Con- yeah, is that is that immediate?
2: Uh, it's, yeah, I think so. He's not. I think hey, he's going like, to Argentina.
0: It's Commonwealth Games, like really. I know that it's great to play sevens, but we need you in the rugby championship. I think that should be yeah. a priority. We that's lose him, and, you know, if, if Quaid isn't ready, then you've got Noah lining up with Hunter Paisami in and Argentina that's exactly for why two I games, and it's like, oh, they'll, they'll
2: go to the senior man. If Karevi, we know Karevi's not going to tour, and if Noah's there and they're putting in Paisami and Iquitau. It'll be Paisami
0: and Ikita, yeah. Like, You'd like, have to think so.
2: I think that's where you get the benefit from having a senior guy.
0: Fichetti's in Australia, I think that's who you're looking at. And that's a real, like we saw when Karevi stepped away at the end of last year, how much things changed. And I think part of the reason we were so close in this England series was Karevi again. Oh, 100%. He's, He's just so good at taking charge of the game, doing those big carries, kicking when he needs to. Opening up space for other people. And that's why I think it's so powerful having him with Quade there with their experience and their, you know, they played together for a long time back at the Reds. So, and that's
2: what I'm saying. Like, he looked tired after supporting Noah for three games. And, and yeah, obviously, it's tough. This, he
0: put the team on his back 100%. Yeah, he did.
2: He really did. And, and that obviously, you know, he's, he's come from a different uh, intensity of competition, conditioning, too. So yeah. maybe, yeah, maybe it's a bit of conditioning too, but it, it just shows like, Noah was distributing the ball. He'd get it to Crevy Kerevi and Karevi's putting his, you know, lifting his head, okay, now I'm going to have to charge into these guys because I'm not going to be able to make this pass. And
0: He just does that little stutter step and he's like straight into the thick of it. Yeah, And maybe Sevens will, you know, get his conditioning up a little bit. I just worry he'll pick up an injury there and then like you don't see him again to next year. And I don't know, the Wallabies brand, I think, really needs a bit of a boost leading into next year now. Like if we come... Th- third or fourth in the rugby championship. I don't think that leaves us in particularly good shape. It just puts more pressure on Rennie. Um, Our confidence is probably down again. And then with all these kind of questions around super rugby and the future of that, like, it's not a great look for the game in Australia. So I think we're on an upward trajectory leading into this England series, but now it's taken a little bit of a hit.
1: Do you have a player of the series from the Wallabies?
2: I'm not surprised, Marika. Got that award? Yeah. Like, yeah, he was do you just, agree with that? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Like, I mean, maybe a little bit surprising that it wasn't someone from England, but I'm not gonna, not gonna bother arguing that. Like, Marika no one was there. That good for, for eighty England, really,
1: I yeah. felt. No yeah, that's right, I have have Maybe Courtney probably yeah. Ellis games I felt these moments in those last two tests just notable. I really like.
0: felt that we matched up well against England, and I didn't really, I wasn't that envious of their team generally. Right. Mm. Like, they're a bit of a nothing team, but they just they played it safe and they got the results, so respect to them. But, yeah, I'm not scared of them as a team. And so, yeah, I think Marika just plays above and beyond, um, you know, a player of his size, his position. Like, he seems to do everything. He's a winger. Like, he's a blindside winger and he's in everything. Yeah. And his skills have improved. Like, I think he's become a better player from mm-hmm. being in Japan and playing under Robbie Deans.
2: He only had the one blunder on the weekend where he went for a quick pick and go and fell in on top of the ruck and we lost the ball. And that was another kind of momentum killer, unfortunately. It was frustrating to see. But, you know, nine out of ten of those, he's he's smashing it up and making ten metres. So yeah, it's, you don't really want to put a lid on that. Um, other guys I'd highlight, I actually think Matt Phillip, as much as we think he's boring vanilla, he, he did hey. a job. And, he, you know, he's calling the lineouts in this third game as well. Like we talk about Parecki being successful. The other half of that is yeah. the guy calling the lineouts and driving that group. And as much as Philip isn't ex- exciting as as Darcy and Frosty and, and Arnold when he comes back for this next series, I think he, he's he's due a bit of gratitude. And um, he's certainly not just the awkward running blunderer that we felt he was a couple of years he's ago. He's the hodge he, of the
0: Fords, isn't he? He he's really a bit, is. but I, th- I think
2: he's better than that. I'm just going to disrespect him by saying he's the hodge of the forwards one for one, but um, no, I think, I think he did a, an important job um, in this series as he came through to be the starter. Um, so credit, credit to him. And James Slipper and Slipper. Yeah. Um playing hair, everywhere and makes... had to play a lot of minutes, had to come on after Bell got injured. Like, Another guy who you can only like. We feel like we've only got so much time left for those guys. If we keep burning them out before the World Cup, it's not going to
1: help us. Yeah, I feel like he needs he needs a rest. I think. Um, so you mentioned that the Rugby Championship kicks off on the um, sixth, seventh weekend of August. So a couple of weeks ends away. Unfortunately, games in South Africa and Argentina um, for this first two weeks of this. So. Um, going to have some late nights or some early Sunday mornings um, with South Africa hosting New Zealand for two weeks in a row and then Argentina hosting Australia um, for two weeks in a row as well. Um, as you highlighted, Karevi won't be there for, sounds like, likely for these both these two weeks. Unlikely that he's going to make a trip up to the first game for the second Argentina game at the conclusion of the Commonwealth Games. Um
0: I just want to say that I'm particularly worried that we're going over to Argentina for two consecutive games, playing against our ex-coach, who is extremely motivated and has a you know a really clear history of getting teams to perform early on in his coaching tenure, which we've already seen a little bit um, across the games against Scotland. I think he'll get them absolutely jumping out of their skins. Looking for an upset here, and it could really set the tone for the Rugby Championship. We need to win both these games and win them well. Um, otherwise, our you know our prospects of winning the Rugby Championship or being in the top two are just gone. Um, so, although we're not playing the All Blacks first, and I think that's a blessing, um, although maybe you'd want to catch them at this point in time anyway. Um, yeah, it's going to be a really tough series over there in Argentina.
2: Yeah, I don't know if I'm willing to make any big predictions like definitely of all the three teams to play. It's, I guess, nice to have the weakest team on paper first, but the Argentinians play with such passion and they've still got those real X factor characters like Creevy and Buffelli and Matera like um, we, we need to be on our game that, that they'll, they'll pinch it out from under us like they did with Scotland if we're not careful. Um, I just want to see steady steady as she goes with what we're doing at the moment. I think think we'll be okay. And I'd like to think that we'll we'll get at least one of those games. I think we'll get the first game and then just got to maintain the rage for the second is the
0: one I worry about. It's just I'm not going to compare us to the All Blacks, but it's almost like I think Argentina will just want it more, Um, particularly in their own backyard. It's one thing to play them in the Gold Coast where didn't we draw the last time we were there or something, but... You know, it's it's a pretty vicious crowd over there, um, and yeah, look, I think the the Wallabies are a little bit vulnerable. It's good we're going to get some guys back, but losing Karevi is massive. If Quade Cooper's a bit rusty, I feel like our backline might be a bit lackluster.
1: So, what's your ideal backline um, running into this game then, considering that Karevi won't be there? So, it sounds like you're going to keep it um, quiet, Quade Cooper,
0: yeah. Yeah, I think Nick White, Quade Cooper, uh, go with the experience. I Paisami think at number twelve, you you're forced to have Paisami there, which is which is all right. I think he's better at twelve, to be honest, than thirteen. In my opinion, he's a bit more direct. He'll make those hits closer to the play. Um, and it's life. a few more carries. Yeah, he's. I mean, both those guys aren't particularly. They're not the biggest centers in the world, but they definitely play above their weight. And I think you've got to give Tom Wright an opportunity at fullback. Um, Patea will be around the, the traps, but I think he put in Marika and um Suli Vulavanu. I can't even say his name. No. Suliasi Vunavalu on the other wing. I think he deserves Get his second an opportunity to, to show in. his wares. Putting him on for three minutes is like it's just ridiculous. He got involved still. He,
1: he still managed to even have a little bit of an impact. Yeah, I think he's he I think he's really
0: going to surprise. I think he'll be really good. Um, and you know, if it's a little bit loose over there in Argentina, maybe he can make the most of that with some open field runs. But Tom Wright deserves his opportunity. I think Patea, look, he's Jordan Iulisi of the backs, as far as I'm concerned. I'd be surprised if he can stay healthy for more than one or two games at a time. So, you know, great athlete, but, you know, Villeneuve is a better athlete, and I would say arguably Tom Wright is a better athlete than Patea. I think he's just been excellent and can create something out of nothing. Yeah, I
2: guess I'm I'm thinking saying similar. I do worry a bit. I think it changes the way our our line defends and our, our positioning because if, if you're going to have those two guys at the back, sorry, if you're going to have Marika and Bunavalu on the wings, you need more kicking support for Tom Wright, which means that okay. Quaid's going to have to drop yeah. back. So you're going to put both of your more playmaker types deep, um, which may mean that they can sort of uh, create things for each other, for the guys out wide, but it also means any um, sort of quick counters, you're, you're going to be without them, and and also just, if just remember Hunter, positioned.
0: just remember Hunter and Nikita have particularly good kicking games as well. So I think yeah, you're not that.
2: going to put a centre back. It's either I one, mean, it's either Hunter's two of your back that three
0: to clear it. You know, you know goes, the way they
2: position, like the yeah. the, the I know, I know what you're saying goes down a wing, that winger yeah. presses up, the fullback slides in behind and the opposite winger drops back. Well, now you're going to have to have kind of two guys sliding side to side unless you're willing to let one of those other guys become the kicker. And if Argentina looks and says, oh, cool, Marika's dropped back, we're going to go for that crossfield pressure kick into territory, leave Marika on his own, chase hard, then you might end up with some poor clearances on oh, no, odds. Like Marika's, Marika's serviceable kicking out but he's he's not he's not um, banks or he's not you'll get Callaway it to your
0: 40 that's about it i yeah. think so, it's you so know, i just think there's ways to Callaway, manipulate that but he's not healthy yeah mm-hmm. so any, just yeah, any, it means
2: if you're doing that you're running your two playmakers across the field out the back a lot and that's gonna wear them out it's gonna make them less um able to be utilized and, and less kind of mm-hmm. raring to go when they are getting the ball if they're a bit out of puff.
1: Any names you're um hopeful to see included in this Wallaby squad that will go on tour, maybe from Australia A, or I mean Leah, you already mentioned potentially someone like Richie Arnold coming in to back up our next Uh yeah, Rory Arnold. Yeah, Rory it. Arnold will come in for sure.
2: That's so yeah, we're losing Karevi, they can bring another guy in. It's gonna be Rory Arnold. I think that's the worst kept secret already. This team's out tomorrow, right? So um on Thursday. Those are the 20 I think that
0: was, mentioned, that was mentioned today, wasn't it, in one of the yeah. articles that, yeah, Arnold would probably be coming back. I think he's already in Australia. Yeah. Um, I think Scott Campbell, off. to Doc be Campbell. fair to him, he should be there. But then, you know, is there room for him and Hodge? Maybe, maybe not. I guess. Well, Campbell if you're not taking away, or they've
1: dropped off too. Yeah,
0: he needs someone yeah. else.
2: And, and it'll be interesting if they do bring in a Donaldson, another 10. Is, is that an indicator of James O'Connor's health slash? Uh,
0: Confidence suppose, levels um, in there.
2: Yeah. In the like, is, is, is he on the outer now? Is is just not seeing enough game time there? They're, they're going to ice him for the next little bit. Who knows? They,
0: if anything, they should put, be throwing him in the deep end, to be honest. He just needs to get out there. O'Connor. Yeah, yeah he had a really bad performance coming off the bench. And then and doesn't even make the 23. That's it. Maybe like, you yeah, also can't afford harsh. to
2: lose the Argentina leg of this series at the start and get the whole team mm. off to a poor start. But I would,
0: rather, I would rather have, it. I don't know, if you start Quaid, I guess C has to be on the bench, right? But I'd, I'd almost be inclined to have like Conor on the that's, bench. Yeah, again. you don't
1: need to have lola Cia. Like, he can't cover as much. Like, if you have him and Quaid on the 23, you have pure 10s. O'Connor, yeah. you can argue at least, yeah. can, can cover yeah. some more positions.
0: That, that's the argument of Donaldson as well, that he can adequately cover fullback, yeah. um, which is great. I, I think Fraser needs to be in this squad. He can't be left behind to do extra training or, or whatever, however they want to justify it. I think he needs to be there. Um, they did say Australia anything- is
2: going to do a series up in... Japan, didn't they? They're going to try and organise a three-game series against the Brave Blossoms. So there may still be more work for Australia A. I don't know how soon that is. Surely, surely
0: Fraser stuff. can play more of a utility role off the bench. I know he's not quite the size of Pete Samu, but I think he could serve a similar purpose in the you last 20 drop minutes Pete of Samu. games. No, I'm not saying you necessarily drop him. He's starting Pete Samu at six. Maybe. Some, no, no, but oh, you could do that. But perhaps, you know, Samu gets one of the games and Fraser gets the other. Like, I think it's a little bit unfair on Fraser McWright to limit him to be like, all right, when when Hooper's gone, it's your job. But that's not guaranteed either. And who knows how long Hooper's actually going to stick around. He could yeah. keep coming back once he signs overseas and Fraser will lose five years of his career not playing for the Wallabies. Like, I think he should be, even if it's more of a Matt Todd situation off the bench, I think he's good enough to be there.
1: All right, we'll leave it there for that week. Um, for this week, boys, uh, we've got a couple of weeks before any more rugby. We'll hopefully be back for, before that first round um, of South African and Argentine games up on the first weekend of August there. Um, thank you for tuning in. Make sure you're um, listening in or following our social media on Instagram at Running Rugby Podcast or Twitter at Running Rugby Pod um, to see any news regarding squads and touring squads uh, for the rugby championship otherwise make sure you're liking and subscribing leave us a review wherever you listen uh to your podcast we always appreciate hearing back from our fans on any platform at all um few weeks off so rest up because we'll be back soon and, and we've got to keep on running
0: Run. That's probably your worst ending ever. Thank you. (laughs) But I think you should leave it in.
1: I'll leave this bit in too. (laughs)
0: Sorry, you're tired, man. Working hard to make a living.